We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. May I service you? Great Scott! It'll never be enough! I only want to hear the ayating dog! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. Hi, you're listening to You Watched What? I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. And this week we watched the instant Disney classic. <laughs> it is the though. Jomar Collette Sierra's Jungle Cruise. Disney ride realness. Yeah. Oh, how are you, Amy? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. It was That's fun watching good. this again yesterday. Yeah. It's a yeah. fun movie and I'm so mm. glad that you um, brought it up a few weeks ago and so then I, we, we watched it on Disney Plus premiere and um, I instantly loved it. I'm loved so it. So and then the next glad. week we watched it again and <laughs> then I watched it again the other day. So I've literally watched it three times in as many weeks. I feel like you're getting your money's worth out of it. Yeah, Which is great. It's so good. It is so, oh, so good. That's why I said an instant classic because it's an mm. instant classic in my eyes. Mm. And plus, I mean, The Rock. The Rock. He's always good. He is always good. I kind of like him in everything. Even when he was in Jumanji, I was a little bit hesitant to watch Jumanji. And then when I watched it, I thought, oh, no, this is, this is really good. Yeah, so I really noticed something about myself with watching this movie is that it's my favourite genre and I haven't really even paid attention to that and and really recognised that about myself. And I was – because I was sitting there thinking, oh, why do I love this so much? I was like, oh, because it's like Indiana Jones and it's it's got a bit of, you know, a Jurassic Park kind of vibe to it where it's the nature versus the humans. Yeah. And um, – I was like, oh, oh no, this is my favourite genre and it has been <laughs> since I was little and I've never noticed. So jungle action is jungle your bag. Action. It's your yeah. thing. Who awesome. knew? Not me, knew? even though it was so <laughs> obvious to me for years. I love it. I've worked it out now. So now I'm not going to be so hesitant to watch um, all these jungle adventure movies that come out. <laughs> I'm I'll gonna just make, dive right in. <laughs> I'm going to make you a list on Letterboxd of all of the jungle action movies I can find so that whenever yeah, you're thinking, awesome. like, what do I feel like watching, you'll have a list. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. So what else have you been watching this week? Not heaps. I've seen a little bit of the Paralympics and just keeping going with this season of Ted Lasso, which is great and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I feel like I have. I still haven't watched Ted Lasso, but I feel like just in the last two weeks, it's kind of exploded, and everybody mm. is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Even I, I'm okay. I'm going to admit something really daggy now. I'm a smooth FM listener, guys. I am in that <laughs> age bracket. I listen to smooth FM breakfast while I'm making the kids lunches, and even. The guys on that have been talking about Ted Lasso. So it's like everywhere has been yeah. saying, yeah, 
It's feeling really sad? Good. Watch some Ted Lasso. <laughs> yep, I'm saving this week's episode for tonight to have like a little nice Sunday night wind down and watch something that I know is going to make me feel good. So this week um, I've kind of continued watching what I was talking about last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished Hidden, the Welsh show I was talking about, but I got a really lovely surprise when I finished the um, – first series that there was a second series already up and I hadn't even really thought about that then it was like do you want to watch this I was like yes I want to watch the second series so I smashed that out too really recommend it really really good Um, I actually read an article that it's um, been compared to a Norway drama series Uh I can't remember the name of it so I've got to go and find that again and look that up and because I think that one might be one to watch as well and there is heaps and heaps of Nordic crime drama on SBS yeah and apparently it's real all real I've only ever heard really good things about it I've I'm a slow reader so I've got to really be in the mood to watch something with subtitles same I am uh, watching things while also on my phone on my laptop and so Mm. anything with subtitles is like no I I do have to be in the mood to be paying full full attention yeah so I watched that. I finished White Lotus last night. If you mm. haven't watched White Lotus on binge, go and watch it. Like it's you, – you won't really like any of the characters, but it's <laughs> so – it's really, really good. But I like Jennifer Coolidge as a person. Oh. So – And she's well, – As so, a celebrity, so – She's so wonderful in this as well. Like it's everything you want from her, Mm-mm. she delivers. Mm. Like she's great. And there's enough black comedy in it to make it like it can be quite dark and but there's enough social commentary in done in a really kind of a, a, a dark comedy way that it's very entertaining. I think mm-hmm. you'd really, really like it. Cool. But I also just want to quickly um, talk about cooking with Paris. <gasps> I need to watch this. I need oh, you to haven't get into watched this. It yet. I haven't oh. watched it yet. No, it was an extremely busy work so, week. Oh, it's okay. So that's, I put that, I watched it a few weeks ago and like feeling a bit down last night. I watched White Lotus, which was really good, but I just needed to be able to put something on and watch TikTok at the same time. So I put Cooking with Paris on again, just my favorite episode, the one with her mum, Kathy and her sister, Nikki, um, because Kathy Hilton is an icon like she's <laughs> she's on the real housewives right now of Beverly Hills and she is just an instant favorite icon doesn't really give a shit about anyone a bit oblivious knows that she is mega mega rich and disconnected from the world and kind of just goes yeah that's that's me unfortunately like oh well like <laughs> Like really, she's so, so great. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a few things about cooking with Paris. She wears fancy gloves constantly and okay. I don't know why. And I, I really need to kind of Google like what's going on with Paris, like fingerless lace gloves. And she does make a few comments going, yeah, I've always got to wear my I've got to have my gloves on. So I really need to Mm. kind of delve into, if anyone knows why Paris Hilton feels the need to always be wearing gloves, let us know because it's a bit baffling. But I also love that she says her um, 
her signature dishes are nachos and jello shots. And I just think, <laughs> yes, Queen, you know, you know who you are. I think that's why I've always really liked Paris because I've never taken her as someone who takes herself serious. And I think you could really judge her and watching the simple life years ago, I think they copped a lot of um, criticism for acting dumb or or not acting dumb, but like saying that they're dumb and they're, they're just rich girls that... Yeah, and all of but, that kind of stuff. Mm. But if you watch it from a perspective of they're actually having fun with themselves and not taking themselves serious, which I actually believe is happening. Yeah. Um, Paris, I think, is a lot good smarter. Fun. I think she's a lot smarter than people give her credit for. I think particularly oh, yeah. The Simple Life is an example of she has a very clear idea of Paris as the persona that she puts mm-hmm. out to the public versus Paris herself. And she's yes. got an incredibly clear idea of what her public brand is. Like mm. she's really oh, good yeah. at that. And even, even in this show, like she'll be mixing, like last night I was watching her make um, truffle oh. butter. Oh. And like Yum. she's mixing it and she's like, and someone's, her assistant says to her, oh, it smells really good. She goes, that's hot. Like, yeah. like her catchphrases from years ago, she'll just pull them out as she needs yeah. them. Like, yeah, so clever. She's smart. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. So she's got smart. a really clear idea of what her, what her persona and her appeal is. Yeah. And, and, and for and someone she's... to kind of do a cooking show, kind of basically going, I don't know how to cook. This is my really fancy kitchen and some of my really rich friends and we're going to try and follow this recipe. Yep. And that's um, her brand. Yeah. You're, not, you're invited to think that maybe you're laughing at her, but the, the she's, she's in on the you're joke. You're laughing. Yeah, you're, you're laughing, laughing with, with her. Paris. And she's, you know, she's making money off it. She knows exactly yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. And no, I, think, I do want to watch it because I've, yeah. I've got a real fondness for her. Yeah, and I think now having seen Kathy Hilton on Beverly Hills, I think she yeah. gets it from her mum. That whole sensibility of like, I'm not taking myself, I'm not taking this life that seriously. Yeah. Like, mm. and what choices do you have when she went through the kinds of things she went through when she was young, and the, and just that that public ridicule and pressure is you either oh like the the best way to handle it I think is. Say, I'm not taking myself seriously. Like, this is who you think I am? Well, I'm going to be this super hard and I'm going to make money off, off, off being yeah. that person. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to go to the supermarket in my gown and my sparkly mask to buy. No, it's her thing. The <laughs> yeah, thing is, like... if she goes to the supermarket dressed dr- dress down, you know, pops a, a beanie on or whatever, like she could, she could totally just pass completely normally. It's the if she wants to dress up and be seen as Paris, she'll she'll do that. She'll do it. Yeah, she could probably. And her, she's one like mm. Britney Spears, where the, the voice completely changes. She's got yeah. quite a deep voice, but she puts on this really high pitched kind of persona voice the accent, when she's the being vocal fry. Yeah, yeah, when she's being Paris. So mm. it's almost like two completely different people which I think is so so smart when you're in the public eye you've got this side of you that everyone sees and who thinks that's who you are and then you've got your private side where the people really know you yeah and you've got a very clear distinction between what is 
really you and what is persona you. Yeah. Yeah. So cooking with Paris is Love a it. lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for. The backside of water. Okay. Let's get into... Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise, this week's movie. So this movie is based on an iconic Disney ride. Is this the third, well, I guess franchise, there's certainly more movies, that has been made based on one of the rides? Because we all know Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates Mm. of the Caribbean, the Haunted House movies. Yeah, yeah, wasn't great. It wasn't a great movie. That's my favourite Disney ride. Ah, it is pretty good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I nearly I nearly fell over getting onto that ride though. <laughs> Dang. It's just I get really nervous when there's like travel later things and, and there's people kind of going, Go get on now and you're like, Ah <laughs> Yeah. I I remember almost falling over. I've really oh. got to go through all my Disney photos. I've got to find I was just thinking I've got to find all my Disney photos because yes. I went I've been to Disney three times. <gasps> Oh. Um, Tokyo Disney in 99 and then I went to Disneyland in Anaheim in 07 and then again in 2010 to Anaheim one. So I've been a few times. So I've done the Jungle Cruise twice, I think, and I was thrilled when I was watching this that some of the jokes <laughs> – yeah, are the same. But then I was wondering too, like, is this a false? Am I having false memory? You know that whole thing of that suggested memory. Yeah. Like, am I watching this and just feeling that these are the same jokes? But then I looked it up, and most some of them, them are. are the same. Yeah, yeah there, it did feel definitely really familiar. Some. Yeah, yeah, it did feel. And, really but familiar. I, it was one of the kind of things that I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this like a, um, what do they call it? It's a the Mandela effect of oh yeah am I just remembering this do we all just have this weird memory that this is something when it's not really something mm-hmm. but I'm pretty confident I do remember the hippo from the ride and the pun oh and yeah I loved yeah yeah it. the hippo yeah. um yeah definitely so let's get started from the very start yes so unlike the Pirates of the Caribbean this movie makes clear up front oh no 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 supernatural themes guys like we're going to be talking about some mysterious shit Mm -hmm. legends and myths and all of that fun stuff. all of that fun stuff and I very strongly got Evie and Jonathan from the mummy vibes from our brother sister pair here yeah Yeah. so we open up we start with um Jack Whitehall, who I'll just say from the very top, is someone that I've never really warmed to as a comedian. Mm. Um, I always kind of just thought that he was a bit too posh in his comedy. and But this movie completely, he, he's, he's won me over. He was so good in this movie. He's, uh, he's completely done a turnaround in my yep. head. And and he is playing a, a a very posh boy, so it's it, it makes sense as casting. But he's good; like it's he's a good so fit. Good yeah, yeah, he yeah. So it opens up with Jack Whitehall, who is playing McGregor, 
and he's doing well we first of all hear his just his voice he's just doing a bit of a narration and we're seeing the legend of the tears of the moon and what that kind of is and and a little bit of a background story on that that there I think there was a Spanish king this is these are the parts that kind of I don't I'm, I'm not so interested in so no I don't really remember too much and the no. very first time we watched it I was making popcorn so later on when it gets brought up down the track I was quite surprised and taken aback and then the second time I watched it, I was like oh okay well we found found out about this really early on I just yeah. missed it yep but there's a Spanish king his daughter's sick he needs to get this uh, magical petal from this magical tree um, that the petals are called the tears of the moon and they basically can cure any kind of illness happening. The magical medical tree. Yes. It, it's beautiful and magnificent when we oh, find The animation it. is gorgeous, yeah. Oh, it's so gorgeous. So we, he's kind of talking about that and then it kind of goes into that we see that he's doing a speech in front of some old fuddy-duddies at a museum in London in 1916, so we're two years into the Great War. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little few references about why it would be good for him to have. So he basically wants access to a um, an artifact, an yeah, yeah, that's going to help them, so they can go on this expedition, so they can get the tears of the moon and it would be so helpful because it'll help heal these soldiers in the war kind of yeah. thing. So they they say access denied and are basically like, we've heard this pitch before from a woman. Gasp. Who has the same last name as you. Are you related? I mean, and he kind of he kind of just goes, oh, not not by choice, or he says something not, kind of witty yeah, of like, like not that not I've that ever, I've ever to. yeah, kind of thing. Um, and at that point, we so we've seen his sister Lily played by the most beautiful woman alive, Emily Blunt, mm. and she's sitting up in the audience and she's mouthing the words as he's reading out this um, speech. So it's really obvious that she's written it. Yeah, um, she's the brains. Like in the mummy, yeah. So and he's got- the well dressed but kind of in other ways fairly useless brother, like yes. Jonathan in the mummy. <laughs> exactly. So immediately I was loving the vibe. I'm like, no, yep, on board with this. Love it. Yeah, it's it's everything we like and want. See, yep. that's another thing that I realised. Like I'd never watched the mummy. I was so kind of a bit hesitant to watch yeah. the mummy, but it's it's so in my wheelhouse of. Movies yeah. I love, really. And now I've watched it again a few times again because mm. I love it. And rewatching Jungle Shouldn't Cruise so yesterday hesitant. made me f- sit down and think, I'm going like, to rewatch The Mummy like within a week or so. I've, mm. It's only been a couple of months. I really want to see it again. Yeah. It's, yeah. So Jonathan, is it, it's going badly and he gets mm-hmm. to some cards that are basically just like draw this out while – I nearly called her Evie. Emily Blunt sneaks off Lily. into yes. the I don't know the back the back of the museum where yeah. where where there's more fuddy duddy old dudes working on artifacts. Yeah, basically. I loved how all of these guys looked basically the same as each other, and all of their costuming was basically the same kind of. They're all in like tans and beiges and browns. Yeah, we so, big big yeah. chopstick. Um, 
chopstick. Mutton chops. <laughs> Mutton chops. <laughs> chopstick um, side poons is something completely different. It's isn't very it? different. And we did have them in the early 2000s, but it wasn't a great look. <laughs> so when Jesse Plemons pops up in this like, like beautiful purple velvet suit, you immediately know, oh, he's not one of them. And also he's famous enough that he's probably going to pop up later in the movie. Yeah. Yes. Because all of the other guys, yeah, with their mutton chops and their beards and their brown. <laughs> their chopsticks. <sighs> chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, and he's got an accent. So you instantly know he's the villain because... Yeah. He's got a everyone. German accent and everyone <laughs> yeah. else has an English accent. Uh-huh. So obviously he's the bad guy. Like we mm-hmm. make things simple here in Disney. Yeah, we do. And and we're in the the era where the Germans were the villains in everything. Mm. Yeah, true. We hadn't mo- we hadn't moved into the um the timeline of that uh, the Arabs became the villains in everything yet. Uh, racist but different kind of racist. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's such a timeline thing, isn't it? Like yeah. you can see where a movie is set, whether it's going to be the Germans, the Russians or yeah. the Middle East. But also when it's made too. Yes. There's a thesis in that. I bet, you know, multiple people have written that thesis. Oh, but there's a thesis in that. The bit when e- – <sighs> I'm going to keep calling her Evie. Lily. Lily. (laughs) Gets in and works out which crate the arrowhead that she wants and then is chiseling in time with the guy who's hammering something. Oh, that's. Direct callback to um, Last Crusade in the library. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and it was really, stuff I've read, they've referenced that a lot of the movie was directly inspired by um, Indiana Jones, and they can because it's the same. Um, they own it all. Company. There's also yeah. Indiana Jones ride at, at which um, is which Disney, is also which is, which is fabulous, awesome. great, fabulous and I love that ride. I think it's actually right next to the Jungle Cruise, or mm. it's in yeah. that same vicinity. Yeah, they're in the Frontierland. They're in the same area. Yeah, mm. they're, look, they're both great ride, great rides. And at this <laughs> point too, she'd she'd kind of gotten changed into a safari suit. As well. To blend in with the brown men, <laughs> the brown dressed men. I didn't – look, there were a few – there were a couple of things in this scene that I love that it, it felt like it was being very clear without feeling like it was theft but just referring to Indiana Jones, referring to the mummy with the part mm-hmm. where she ends up on a yeah, ladder I'd even trying say to get away. This scene is a real love letter to those movies and that's, mm-hmm. I think – where really drew me in. Yeah. Because this was the point I'd probably, the first time I put it on, I, see, this is how delusional I am about what kind of movies I like. I thought, <laughs> I'll put it on for the kids and I'll just make some popcorn. I'll probably sit on my phone and not pay that much attention. So that's why I missed the first part of the movie. But then it, by this stage I was sitting down and I think this is the part I kind of just went, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sucked well, see, in I, now because I think it is. It's a love letter. They've yeah. written a beautiful love letter to – Indiana Jones mm. and the mummy in this scene. Yeah, these archaeological adventure movies. Again, I kind of had to be half-talked into seeing it with my friends. And then at about this point, I'm like, oh, no, I love this. I love this kind yeah. of movie. Of course I love this kind of movie. Maybe because this we try and think that. But, but, but when I was thinking about it, like, 
I've never really thought what kind of genre I really love. I know mm. when I was a teen, like when I was 17, 18, and that was the era 98, 99 when all the teen slasher movies came out. Yeah. So I was really into them. And so back then I probably would have said that that was my favourite kind of genre back then. But since then, like I was trying to think, I'm like, well, do you think you like romantic comedies? No, I kind of find them a bit boring actually. I like comedies, but it's got to have the right kind of comedians in it for me mm. to really think that it's great. Um, I don't want it to be too lowbrow and too dumb. I can't yeah. deal with that. Um, and so I was really like going, well, you've just discovered that you really love this genre, but you've never really thought that you've loved any genre, Amy. <laughs> What's going on? You've got a movie podcast and you don't really like anything. Well, you, you don't like, think you like anything. You like heaps of stuff. This is your chance to sit down and go, oh, what are the patterns in what I like? Because you yeah. know you love movies. And it was your idea to do this podcast. So, you know, you've mm. never had any doubt that you love movies. Yeah. But but this is this is our chance to actually work out. Because, no kidding, I was having the same thoughts yesterday. I was sitting down thinking, what? Yeah, I, I know I, I'm – also see myself as a big horror fan um, I, and I've always really enjoyed action and have mm. thought a lot about what kinds of action movies do I like um, but was then thinking well, what are, what other genres or sub-genres do I like and mm. it's, in, it's, it's interesting to think about because same, I'm just not that into romantic comedies. Yeah. I feel like being, this sounds really weird, but I feel like being a woman in, you know, my 30s, I probably felt like I should probably like romantic comedies more than I actually do. Like you kind of, kind of yeah. feel like you should be pigeonholed a little bit in that, well, I should, this this is kind of, I'm the target audience for this type of movie. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think that's a, a I think that's a product of marketing that particularly all through our 20s and 30s, those were the movies that, that were marketed to us but not necessarily the movies that we found most interesting. We yeah. were kids during the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan supremacy. Yeah. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think romantic comedies have been as good since. So maybe we don't like them because they're just – it's just not that interesting or – creative a genre like we're not going maybe we've lived through some really great uh shifts in the horror genre so of course we love horror movies we've lived through like action movie supremacy mm. but romantic comedy we were we were just like little babies when the the best of that was happening so yeah yeah true interesting interesting to think about I felt like Jesse Plemons was kind of doing his his accent here felt it felt like if John Malkovich was doing a German accent like it felt like an impression it was interesting yeah yeah I really feel like Jesse approached it in a I'm going to take this role very seriously in this silly movie and I feel like it just would have been a bit better if he just went a bit bigger Oh okay yeah yeah maybe I don't know. I thought he did. I I thought he did really well, and I thought mm. he, there were a few. He seemed. I think he played. I think if he played it any bigger, it may have come across too crazy. True. Where I found that he came across kind of creepy crazy. Yeah. Which I think was kind of perfect for his character. Mm. 
So anyway, he gets escorted in because we discover that he is also looking for this arrowhead that Lily is trying to get. Um, she's managed to get it at this stage. And the prince, he's a prince, Prince Joachim, I think his name is. Mm. And there's a he whole bit a, about pronouncing it right. Yeah. So. And he gets escorted in by the head of the museum and um, the arrowhead's gone. So he has a full tanty and basically kills everyone. All these yep. poor guys just working in a museum. <laughs> Wearing tweed and <laughs> dusting things and they get killed for no real reason at all. There's also a Raiders um, – a direct Raiders reference where Emily Blunt is like hanging out the window on the ladder and he's like, you know, throw me the artifact and I'll help you. And it's like, yes, don't you know, do that it. Doesn't work. Don't do yeah, it. But she does. She throws him the artifact and well, she throws him the box. Well, we, yes. yes. And then he um, lets go. But McGregor has come downstairs at that stage and has flagged a double decker bus down and she lands on the bus. Yes. So all is well. Yeah. So we then cut to the Amazon River Ooh. and the rock and the actual Jungle Cruise experience. So we're, we're actually like in the Jungle Cruise experience yeah. now. And I this love is where I've written this. down same jokes, false memory maybe. I've written down because <laughs> that's where I was like, am I just thinking that these are all the same jokes? But no, I looked up definitely the backside of water reference. Yes. Is in it, and I do remember too because when we went, we went on our honeymoon to Disneyland actually, me and my husband. And it was, um, we had a big camera, it was kind of before we all just used our iPhones for absolutely everything, so we still had a camera. And the joke, even then, was on the like the guy going, Yeah, quick, get your cameras out, snap, 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 snap. And that's he does that in this as well. So, yeah, I kind of had memories of, Ah, yeah, this is. All referenced back. Yep. He's I'm like sh- the master of puns. Yeah. <laughs> I am sure I remember the toucan joke. And uh-huh. I've seen lots of stuff online since the movie came out about how important it is the the casting in Disneyland's of the person who – well, the people is obviously not just one in each park. But it is really reliant on the personality of each host. And it's true. Like you need someone who can deliver those puns utterly shamelessly and and that's why it's such a fun ride I'm so glad that they really in the movie replicated it Mm. it was so that was so much fun that was one of my favorite parts of the movie honestly yeah it it is it's such a great part of the movie and Paul Giamatti shows up I know and he's going I was actually really really sad that he wasn't in it more more yeah because this first kind of part that he's in is so so good so it's kind of sad that his character isn't really needed throughout the rest of the movie I wouldn't have hated it at all if he was the main villain and the whole German subplot wasn't there yeah like actually I would have been fine with that yeah if he kind of discovered at this point oh okay and then Kind of yeah, tra- yeah, that that would probably work too. Down the river with all of his boats and yeah, that yeah. would probably have worked as well because he was so, he was really really good and like mm. really really big and he owns all the boats in the Amazon except the this one boat that is owned by the Rock whose name is Frank Frank Wolf. 
Yeah, yeah. Frank. So when we meet Neil, I almost answered it's Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> that that is his name. Yeah, I mean that is. Is he credited as Dwayne Johnson? In his, his yeah, he'd be Dwayne, he wouldn't it? Yeah, he it hasn't been credited be as the Rock for ages. Yeah. but we still just call him the Rock because he. <laughs> That's who he is. He, he, he's Mr. The Rock. So Paul Giamatti's character, Nilo, has a um, – it's a, definitely a cockatoo. I think it might be a salmon-crested cockatoo. It did have I the pink. Did you do specific. research to, to work out what bird it was? I, I kind of thought – because I'm like, oh, I do love cockatoos. Mm. Um, I kind of thought it might have been. And then I did some Googling and that, that's the one that's closest – Yep. To it, definitely. Awesome. I think. It, it was very pretty. It is. And he's squawking, Frank owes me money. Frank owes me money. <laughs> so Frank obviously cute. owes Nilo a lot of money and mm-hmm. Nilo is like, I'm taking your boat. And he's like, no. And then so Nilo um, takes his engine as mm. kind of collateral, like you're not getting this back until you've paid me your debt. <sighs> Which you know this, is just standover tactics because how yeah. is he going to make any money? Anyway. Paul Giamatti, like, he's a minor villain in this. Don't understand why he's Italian in a Portuguese colony, but maybe he couldn't do a Portuguese accent. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, like, I did notice, it's like, why does he keep speaking Italian? And then I'm like, why are you thinking about this this hard, Kate? Yeah, just enjoy he's it. He's just an Italian guy that's gone to the Amazon to make his fortune in boats. Yeah, I did notice that um, because the first thing I thought was, does Paul Giamatti have young children and is he doing this movie for the deal that you can sometimes get if you sign a contract with Disney where particularly if you're in any of their franchises or Uh if you like are a creator for them, you get all access like passes for you and your family to the parks. Oh, And so the first thing I thought was, is Paul Giamatti doing this for the parks? But he has one child who I think is 20 or 21. But okay. then, well, maybe I, still, well, I'd maybe still, still. Be into it. <laughs> I'm still into it now, and I'm twice the age of his kid. That's but then right. I saw that he's in San Andreas with the Rock, and it's like maybe Paul Giamatti and the Rock just really like each other and like working together. Mm. Paul Giamatti is a real good character actor, isn't he? A, yeah. a real good, he a real good character actor. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, like, that's it. He can he can do something like this and just be like wildly over the top in all of his like sunburn makeup but and he can do incredibly like serious roles and he can do you know uh, I didn't actually check who he is in San Andreas but we know he's a scientist because look at him Mm. who would you cast as a scientist in that movie obviously Paul Giamatti he's got the range he's got such range Mm. he's so good so meanwhile Lily and McGregor have made their way to the Amazon um and instantly we know that she's going to be followed because there's a guy there with a picture of her watching her get off the train, basically, going, oh, yeah, that's her. That's who I've got to kidnap in a few minutes' time. It's so subtle. So they've arrived. Um, Frank breaks into Nilo's office to get the key or something, I guess, to find, get the key so he can get unlock his engine and get his engine yeah. back. He's trying to steal it back. Um, Lily and McGregor need to have a meeting with Nilo because they want to employ him to take them down the Amazon to where they need to be so they can find the tears of the moon. Um, so Lily goes up and knocks on Nilo's door and, of course, 
Frank is in there. They have quite a nice, funny Meet little. You. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's really really nice, and their banter's excellent mm. in this section. Yeah. Uh, the the bits where we get to have lots of back and forth, like quick fire banter, like those 30s kind of romantic comedies, the screwball comedies, that's the bit where they have the best chemistry. Mm. Like those moments, that's the most enjoyable. You get the sense that they do get along and like each other. Yeah, and because he starts calling her pants because she's wearing yeah. pants and she doesn't become overly offended by that, she's just like, well, you know, who, what about it kind of thing. Like, You're wearing pants. Yeah. He leads her to believe that he is Neil Yeah, She can pick a lock. So yeah, she because she hung out with – um, because I, I picked this line up. It's because she knows how to pick locks because she hung out with the toddler pickpockets in Dally. That's so right. Which is also one of the, a lot. Yeah. Like yeah, Evie. so they're those kind of families where obviously been moved around and yep, have travelled the world in India and which I feel like was was not an uncommon thing back in the early nineteen hundreds. Well it was a British colony until the forties. Yeah. So all is well there. They go downstairs to order steaks to celebrate that they're go- he's going to, you know, take her on passage down the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, McGregor shows up with the real Neilo saying that he's made a deal for like 50000 I don't know what kind of – we're obviously – I don't know the currency we're talking in. No. But has made a deal for 50000 where Frank's made the deal for like 12000 So – she kind of works out, hey, you're who are you? You're Frank, as in Frank owes me money. Like, what's <laughs> going on here? And then all of a sudden a woman starts screaming and a jaguar has entered the bar. <laughs> this bit was great because, yeah, the plot is – the plot exists in order to get us from action scene to action scene. Yeah, basically. And so all of the action scenes, particularly on the second watch, I'm like – yeah, I don't really care about the plot now. I just I am fine with no. it doing what you it has to do go, to get me yeah. to the next action scene. Exactly. This bit's great. This bit's fantastic. So yeah, the so rock fights a leopard a or a jaguar. It's so good. Well, I say jaguar because that's what it kind of – I kind of thought it was a cheetah, but then it um, no. kept saying up jaguar on the oh. – um, Yeah, that would be – On my no. subtitles. Cheetahs are African. And I know oh, of two things about cheetahs, and one of them is that they'll they'll only hunt you if if you're running. Like they'll chase you, but if you oh. go like still, then they don't they assume don't... that you're prey. Oh, they don't care. And the other that's thing is that they are like incredibly anxious animals. Oh, and that's and well, look, I you, can relate. Yeah, I can Poor super darlings. relate. <laughs> In a lot of zoos, to help them adjust and also for breeding they partner them with dogs when the dogs dogs are puppies and they're like little kitten yeah so um, they mimic the dog's behaviors yeah i only saw that a couple weeks ago and so they've got a chill friend to hang out with because like you get them a labrador and they're all like everything's fine because the labrador is always chill like how anxious people are reassured by being around people who are always calm Mm. which i think is why our parents are married yeah I don't know how I'm married to my husband then. He used yeah, to be was... really calm, and, but now he's, he's – <laughs> maybe I've rubbed off on him too much. It could be the apocalypse we're living through. <laughs> maybe. 
So Frank wrestles the Jaguar. Um, he yells at the woman to open a window and he hurls his stake out through the window and saves the day because the Jaguar follows the snake. The snake the sta- follows the stake <laughs> out the window. Um, we almost get, like it's planned, Kate. Almost like it is planned. And we get this beautiful moment of the rock like – as if he's under a spotlight because that's clearly what's actually happening in the production. But he's like bathed in light and everyone's cheering and he's giving his big, beautiful rock <laughs> smile. And it's like, and we get, yeah, it's a classic rock. Yes, I did save the day and I am great yeah. moment. And, and everyone that's when is they're like, impressed. yes, let's go with him. He obviously is going to be able to protect us, take us safely yeah. down the Amazon. Yeah. So we cut to Frank's reinstalling his engine. So he obviously got that key and got that engine back. And that's when we discover that the Jaguar is actually his pet because he comes up with a ball and he's a bit like, come on, play. And he's like, oh, not right now, but you did a really good job. And we're like, ah, Mm -hmm. right. I love that Frank is just like a hardcore cat person. The whole I want to play with you now while you're working feels very relatable as a cat Mm -hmm. owner. And also at this point when they're loading everything onto the boat for their journey that Lily has said is going to start in like 10 minutes, like Ten minutes, we're going yeah. now, McGregor packs toiletries like I do, like the biggest suitcase you've ever seen that is weighed down, like it weighs a ton. <laughs> That's how I pack toiletries. Yeah, he's got all the all the suitcases. She's got, got like an overnight bag basically. And he's got so tennis meanwhile, records and he's got golf while, clubs. Yeah. While Frank and McGregor are having this exchange of, well, you can't take that on the boat. That's ridiculous. Lily gets kidnapped and no one seems to notice. No. They're too busy they're too busy argument. Yeah, they're too busy. So Lily's being kidnapped by some people. Um, obviously, well, we assume at this point it's it's henchmen from the prince. This takes us into another great scene where once they do realise that she's missing, the rock kind of – and there's not much too much explanation about how they know that where she is or anything. Like they just see some birds fly up in the distance. They're like, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's no real indication that that's what's going on. But they see birds and go, Lily. And so the rock bolts up there to save the day. And we get another great action scene of um, – the good guys versus the bad guys, lots of punching, lots of slapstick kind of fight scenes, um, very Indiana Jones kind of fight scenes in a marketplace because we're in a marketplace. There's yep. live animals around the place. Um, she manages to punch the rock and we find out that she's got really good form. <laughs> um, that was good. He saves her and kind of – gets her to a jetty and says, jump in to swim back to the boat. And she refuses to. She goes a different way. And this is probably one of my favourite parts. He gets back on the boat and she's gone up to like a, a cable tie zip line kind of thing and is on that. And as she's going down that, she cops a blanket to her face, can't see, misses the boat and just kind of crash lands into another jetty. And it's pretty it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> pretty funny. It was pretty good. It lets her we be then... less than perfect too. Yeah. 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 And it also just shows that like she did it, she got up, she brushed herself off, and then the boat pulls up and she gets on and isn't isn't overly phased by what's happening. And she and Frank's like, What's going on? Why are we being chased around? Mm-hmm. 
what's going on? And she, she says to him, I may have something in my possession that others want. And then a fucking submarine just starts to like shoot up the port. It's it's the Germans um, with their dodgy <laughs> accents and their uh, – there are so many plot holes in this. Like how did they know where Lily was? How did anyone know that Lily – like it's best not to think too hard. Anyway, Jesse Plemons is there just like shooting the shit out of everything and it's great. It's just – it's, yeah, he destroys all the he he like he's shooting massive holes into this this tugboat basically, yeah. and he crashes in. He ends up crashing into all of Nilo's boats. Basically, destroys everything that Nilo fleet. owns. And and for some reason, Nilo lays there and goes Frank and shakes his fist <laughs> like it's Frank's fault. <laughs> Frank didn't bring a submarine. <laughs> no. It's not actually Frank's fault, Nilo. No. <sighs> and then we have a moment of respite. They have, I don't know, have somehow gotten away. They're not being chased. They're heading down the Amazon, uh, which does have, really has pink dolphins. Yeah. When that happened, so the first time I saw that, I didn't really, I, you know, I'm not going to ask my children to pink dolphins really exist. I waited f- to be watching it with my husband the next time around and said, do pink dolphins exist because I'm lazy and didn't bother to Google that yep. shit myself. And he said, yeah, I think they are. Yeah, they're, they're there. Yeah, they're real. Yeah. But then I also was thinking, are they? Are they? But then my 10-year-old turned around and said, yeah, they're a thing. And I actually do completely tr- she she taught me all 100%. about the Cold war when she was seven so yeah no 100 percent. i knew if you'd asked your children the 10 year old would be able to tell you the truth and back it up with sources this is yeah and give me the scientific area. name yeah she's that kid yeah i don't know if this part's real about them that if you look them in the eye they will give you nightmares you'll be cursed and you will have nightmares the rest of your life yeah i think that's bullshit and that's when he says to her if you believe in legends you should believe in curses too, uh, and I, I'm mystery I'm, rock. Yeah, I'm all for that. If you if you're going to believe in some kind of supernatural mm. thing, who are you to pick and choose what parts you believe in? You know what the best supernatural um, like tale I heard recently that I feel like I should believe just because it's good. Mm. The Loch Ness monster is actually a ghost of a dinosaur. Oh, think about that. Yeah, how good is that? Okay, I like that one. A ghost of a dinosaur. Okay, yeah. which is why there are some sightings, but like when you do all of that and, research, and you can't look find underneath, it. You can't find it because it's okay. a ghost. Yeah, how good? Yeah. Anyway, is that true? No. Do I want to believe it anyway because it's fun? Yes. Mm. So this is the part he does. He does some really good jokes here about. Starts um, ripping out the puns. He starts ripping out the jokes where he's trying to make McGregor laugh. And he's like, yeah, I dated a girl once who was cross-eyed. Didn't work out. Never see eye to eye. Oh. It's just, it's just. And they're like, do you ever stop? And he's like, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Basically, it's just like. <laughs> Can't turn it off. <laughs> no, and McGregor's loving it, and it's really sweet to see that, that this bond of him, you know, just being like delighted by these terrible puns. Mm. 
because you know some of us in there are, and when you're on that ride, that you, you're all brought together by how daggy they are. It's so oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, you've got you can't you can't go to Disneyland being like like the Paris Hilton thing. Just don't take yourself too serious when yeah. you, you're doing these things. So it's a bit later in the evening now, and Lily Emily Blunt is sitting and she's drawing and she is wearing the best cardigan. Yeah, she wears that cardigan early on when she's packing her suitcase. Yeah, too. It's so I, good. Yeah, I clocked that. I'd wear that cardigan. I knew, so would I, and I knew you would. As a lover of knitwear, and you're in a great knit today, I knew that you would. Um, you would feel things for that. What I want from Disney is an Emily Blunt characters line of clothes because I mean, there's like three characters. Oh. I don't know if the third one is Disney, but I want Mary Poppins coat. Yes. Oh, you can get that on um, Ally Express for sure. Oh, bet you could. It's beautiful. I remember the lining being gorgeous. I want this cardigan. Mm-hmm. And also just in general, the tank top she was wearing in Edge of Tomorrow when she's a terrifying badass in that movie with Tom Cruise. Oh, the, my, I think my husband was watching that the other night. Yeah, I watched that with in our bed. It's good. I feel like he was. I mean, he's a, he loves Tom Cruise as an actor. Not a, he always says as an actor, mm. not as a person. <laughs> That's his, yeah. his disclaimer after every time he mentions Tom Cruise. I feel like you might like that movie. It's pretty. Got it's 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 pretty got Maybe. Emily Blunt in it. It's got Emily Blunt in it. It's got a lot of Tom Cruise. Like you do have to have quite a high Tom Cruise tolerance. Yeah, which I used to have, but I don't know if I've got it in me these days. Mm. But I definitely, I would love Mary Poppins' coat and Lily's cardigan. It's a, it's a really mm-hmm. gorgeous cardigan. Oh, I'd wear, I, I would happily cosplay in any of her outfits in this movie. Mm. Like her, mm. all good all good, the scarfs in her hair. Even every every hairstyle change that she has is yeah. amazing in this movie. Yeah. The shirt and the kerchief and, like, oh, yeah, all of her clothing is great. It's all – for all of the characters, is that just little bit heightened to make it feel a bit costumey? Mm. Knowing both of us as people and how we dress, to be honest, in real life, sometimes we do go a bit costumey. So that, do, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I, I store co- like my house is full of costumes. I mean, yes, <laughs> there's like there is a reason for that. Okay, that's not so my cosplay choice, but it's good to know your right, cosplay choice. That's mine, yeah. Any anything, anything that she wears. So we're at a fork in the road kind of situation here, where where there's literally a fork in the Amazon River, and I I didn't realize the Amazon River is full of it's not like a a straight windy path, like it shoots off in all sorts of directions and there's all sorts of extra meetup points and things like is this true or is this just in the movie well no it's in the movie but then I did actually google maps the Amazon river and it was actually really hard to kind of follow where it is and what parts were actually the Amazon river and what were other so I think I think there is look I'm sure it's not all completely true but yeah, I think that there's elements of truth that it is quite a windy system. and yeah, a complex system. Perfect. Yeah. If you go down one way, it's going to take two extra days to get to their destination, but the other way has rapids and 
um, Lily's like really like, we've got to go that way. It's the shortest way. And, and um, Frank's really like, no, have you ever done it before? And she's like, well, I've assumed that you have. And he's like, yes, I have. That's why I don't want to go that way. And she's like, no, I'm in charge. You're going that way. And he's even like, you can't swim. And she's like, no, we're going that way. And like, we're glad that she she forces that because we get a great rapid scene down the track. <laughs> True. She's totally wrong. <laughs> Except for in the movie, we we need another action sequence. So good good choice. That's right. <laughs> the maps in this are beautiful. And that does become mm. a bit of a plot point later. But yeah, the maps are beautiful. And the way they use to like <gasps> show the passage of time where they'll zoom out and see Jim yeah, it's, moving it's really, on the map. You know what I, I kind of thought? It was. It was like when you're in the Muppets and they go, let's travel by map. Yes. It's yes. a little bit like that, isn't it? Oh, but it's they're, exactly they're like that. They're perfect crossovers. Even when um, there's like bugs on leaves and then the leaf kind of morphs into something. The crossover, oh. the, the work they've done on the animation side of thing is above beautiful. and beyond. It's beautiful. So we're up to a point where Creepy Prince, as I've just started calling him in my written down things, Creepy Prince, um, he goes into a cave and he finds these bodies of these cursed men. Now we find out a little bit about these are the guys from the very, very start of the movie who were on the expedition with the, the King of Spain. The Conquistadors. Ah, okay. I'm glad that you know their name. You don't look convinced after you've I, said that. Uh, no, I, I, my, <laughs> my Spanish and my Spanish accent they are both terrible. But I think conquistadors is the correct word for yeah. The Spanish and Portuguese dudes who kept going to America, the Americas, and stealing their shit. Okay. Yeah. And giving them diseases. Hmm. Fun. Colonialism. That European, hey, that European travel. Yeah. Let's introduce all sorts of bugs and things that can't, that shouldn't be in this ecosystem. But let's open the borders, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did a snore. A last, last. <laughs> it didn't happen after I made a big speech about it last um, episode. I, I got to the end and I thought I hadn't snorted. Yeah, I've done a snort. Yay. I am very, very sinusy today. I've done a nasal flush. I actually even candled out my ear before <gasps> coming on here. To, and like through that, I, I, I became like deaf in the ear that I was doing and then it popped. Mm. So it did something and I feel better on that side. Mm. So I've got to do my other side now. Yeah, I did a flush and I've got eye drops in and a, an antihistamine because uh, Yeah, I've taken an antihistamine too, yeah. What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy this week? What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy? What's wrong with Amy this week? I am enjoying how much Jack Whitehouse really is dressed like his dad and his dad tweeted about this. I'll link to the tweet when we um, put the episode up because they are able to match quite a few outfits from the show, the travel show he's done with his dad. Well, I'm actually going to watch that show now. I've always kind of gone, I don't really want to watch that show because hmm, Mm. I find him a bit irritating, but I don't know now. So the creepy prince is in the cave. He finds these cursed bodies and he sprinkles some river water on one of them because as we've discovered, these guys need to be close to the river 
and they're currently not close to the river and that's why they've kind of like calcified, I guess. Perfect. And yeah. uh, stuck in the um, the Mang- walls it, of it's this like cave. It's like a kind of situation. Yeah, it is. And so he sprinkles this water on it and, and uh, we get a bit of a jump scare. A snake like shoots out of this guy's head mm. um, and he starts to kind of come alive. I wrote his employees. Um, I don't know why I called them employees. <laughs> it's accurate though. They are his employees. Like henchmen, henchmen are employees oh, too. I know what I said. <laughs> he empl- No, I didn't call them employees actually. I said he employs them. So he's employed. <laughs> Still a he, weird way of em- saying it, Amy. Implores. He employs them. <laughs> implores them. To recover the arrowhead so they can all get the tears of the moon because they will need the the tears of the moon to um, break their curse. To break their curse. Curses are real. The the German guy wants the tears of the moon for his own self kind of thing. So they're going to team up. He's going to use them as as his heavies to get the arrow back. We cut to Frank seeing that Lily has the arrowhead because they're, they're getting ready to go down the rapids. That's right. Um, and and he's like, anything valuable needs to go downstairs. And so McGregor's like, well, I'm valuable, so I'm heading downstairs, guys. And Lily goes, here, take this with you. And that's when Frank sees that she's got the arrowhead and we kind of recognise, okay, so Frank knows about this arrowhead. He's more in the know than – We've realised. Yeah, he's been um, playing he a little tells, dumb. Yeah, he tells his Jag, you know, go and go and get that for me. Mm. And the because she the speaks Jaguar English. Goes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's very smart. She's a very smart girl. Yeah. So she goes downstairs, harasses McGregor. So McGregor comes back upstairs. We then get the fabulous white water rapids scene. They nearly go over a. Um, Waterfall. waterfall. It's crazy. The boat works extremely hard and they get out of it though. Everyone starts vomiting. The um, (laughs) Proxima, the Jaguar, even has a vom because she's drunk some port or something that's broken downstairs and has gotten gotten pissed pissed cat (laughs) and and has a vomit. And Frank's pretty annoyed that she didn't do her job, didn't get the arrowhead, just (laughs) got, just got drunk. Cats, man. See, my cat doesn't speak English, but also he doesn't get drunk. So, like, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's right. Disney have kind of got a thing that keeps happening where they keep having a background character be slightly gay or not at all gay in the text. And then they say, like, oh, but inclusion, we've got a gay character. Like, they did it for a Star Wars when two ladies kissed at the end and, like, literally it was a blink and you'll miss it. You could cut this two seconds or less out and it wouldn't matter. But we have one scene that definitely could be cut out for um, any parts of the world where they don't want any gay content. But yeah, for the rest of the world, we, we have a, an extremely unexpected scene where Jack Whitehouse's character comes out to The Rock in 1916, a time when this was illegal, and The Rock mm. is just... Very chill about it, and he's they're still best buds. Yeah, 
He is unfazed and unbothered. It was nice. It was completely anachronistic with how that would have gone at the time. And it definitely has been cut out for the Chinese release. Like, I am confident of that. But And probably Russian. Oh, and definitely Russian. But at least Disney are making a little bit of progress from, hey, yeah. that one character who was vaguely camp is actually gay. And it's like, well, he wasn't gay in the movie at all. So that's cheating. At least this character has addressed yeah. it. Yeah, and did it in a roundabout way that I completely missed it the first viewing. It wasn't until you said that his character was openly gay and I, I kind of just went, oh, yeah. And then on the, when I watched it again, I was like, <laughs> oh, he's coming out here. So, yeah, yeah it is also a kind of, if you're not paying 100% attention, you do miss oh, it. But yeah. also, it kind of also then went, you kind of go, oh, well, that's great, Disney, that you're doing that. But you've also got a straight character playing this gay character. But yes. also Jack Whitehall is so posh that he is naturally camp. So True. Very true. So, so he does deserve- it really, really, really well. Yeah. Like, and I don't feel that his acting is a far stretch from him. No, I don't think it is But at he's all. not actually gay in real life. No. That so we know of. Disney deserve like one tiny grain of salt's worth of credit for the improvements they have made to representation yeah. here, which are about that much worth worth of improvement. Like mm-hmm. you try. Yeah, they've Disney. got a white straight man playing a gay character. So yep. <laughs> baby but he's steps. posh in English, so it's close. Yeah, no, <laughs> extremely baby steps. But that was a scene I wasn't expecting. And so that was a case of, well, that just happened. No. But it also explained in this scene, it gives that character a chance to explain why he so blindly follows his sister. Because he says without her support and, you know, everybody kind of would have blacklisted me yeah. if I didn't have Lily. Yeah. Because it, it turned he's he'd been asked out or... Um, proposed marriage by a number of women and he, he was like I had to turn them down because my interests lie elsewhere that's as how if, he came out as if all of the posh men of that era weren't just marrying women and then letting oh, their li- interests lie anyway away. anyway like this anyway yeah, it's not, not really realistic but the anyway, point is it's not the it point. explains why McGregor is there in a situation he doesn't really want to be in and is not mm-hmm. equipped to be in and that bond with his sister and we did have a conversation about Jonathan and Evie that was very similar to this conversation. That's right. So I thought he was gay, didn't I? Yeah. So while this touching um, conversation is happening, Lily is rummaging through Frank's room and discovers that he has quite a few documents and is quite interested in the tears of the moon. Mm-hmm. And when they get back on the boat, she confronts him and is like, what's going on, Frank? Mm. You know, is there other reasons why you've got us on this boat? And I think it's at that point that um, she finds out that he drew the map or is that later on? Oh, I think it's later on. Okay. She finds that. that he's got a lot of maps that are that appear to have been made by the same person, the cartographer, who was part of those conquistadors okay. that came so, and, and got yeah, cursed. So she, 
Yeah, okay. She also calls him an onion of deceit, which I feel like is a shockingly raw and good line for a Disney ride movie. So mm-hmm. good for mm-hmm. the screenwriters there. They then get kidnapped by the how, – how do we – Mika, Mika Pichu? Pichu? Mika Pichu. I think that's right. Tribe? Yeah. Well, they're all kidnapped. They've all, they've all gotten arrows. Oh, yeah, they all get darted. Yeah. And then they get taken to meet the chief. In a, there's a big hoo-ha. They look like they're about to be um, – fried <laughs> they look like they're going to be sacrificed and it feels like oh no this it's all is very gotten, theatrical yeah this has gotten like 1930s king kong level of racism yes. about the natives but yes. actually it's a setup it's a setup and it's quite a funny scene in that you know frank has to translate and he's just like she's an annoying woman please don't kill me <laughs> she won't give you the arrowhead and and it's all a big setup it's a huge setup frank has a deal with a bunch of the native people that they that he's going to pay them and he does this regularly um and we did actually see a little bit of that in that jungle cruise first bit mm. where people pop up and and blow darts to you know scare the people on the boat and there's clearly a deal yeah so they're like oh sorry mate. he's arranged <laughs> with trader sam played by veronica falcon who is fantastic in this um that they will kidnap them to try and scare lily back to town and try to mm-hmm cut off this um, this journey down to find this tree. Mm-hmm. And that also kind of backfires on him because they're very interested in the arrow and end up helping Lily um, translate the scripture yeah. on the arrow. I loved this because we get some proper actual characterization of Trader Sam where she gets to be like really articulate and smart, we get a translation that isn't like every other movie of this kind where they're like, this translates perfectly into English in a way that I am able to do extremely quickly and easily. And she's like, it's slightly more complicated than that. And also she looks incredible in that silk top hat. Yes. It's so good, isn't it? So this whole bit is like great. So Trader Sam tells them that they've got to find where stone water turns to stone or something and you've got to mend a broken heart and it's got to be done under the crying moon and then says there's one in two days. So then I kind of, I Googled what the hell a crying moon was because I thought I wonder if that's actually something. I've a never thing. heard of a crying moon. And all I could find on Google was that a crying moon is when the last crescent is seen it releases all negativity. That's the quote I found about what okay. a crying moon is. I don't know if that's exactly what they kind of think a crying moon is. Trader Sam also helps them um, decipher where they need to be. It's something about where the snake bites its own tail or something. And they look on the map and they find something that looks like a snake head. And then they're like, oh, that's not where we need to be. We need to be going here instead. And mm-hmm. so it completely shifts where they're going. Yeah. Meanwhile, McGregor is teaching the natives how to play golf. It's delightful. 
Can't believe he got his golf clubs this far. Can't believe he then got them off the boat. But he is explaining the differences between when you would use a driver and when you would use an iron. It's very cute. Yeah, he gets um, tattoo ink smeared on his face. This is not how tattoo ink works, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It won't come off. Yeah, he's marked Not how now. it works. But anyway, he's got this big red stripe on his face. We get attacked by the conquistadors mm-hmm. who are all monstrous in different ways. And, oh, my goodness, you, I mean, you must have expected that I would love the creature design in this with mm. all of the monsters. Yeah, they're really So there's good. the main, like, king guy is now, like, a snake man and he's, like, basically yeah. made up of snakes, played by Edgar and, Ramirez. And snakes, like, pop out of his cheeks and stuff oh. like the, the – the CGI yeah. is so good in this part. It's so good. There's like a tree guy who's just like all tree roots and shit. There's a bee man who's like like literally like partly like honeycomb and he's got bees in him. And there's um, how good did the bee, the whole bee effect? Oh, he amazing. was my favourite. Yeah. That was really, really good. Yeah. And quite a so handsome good. actor. You could, you could tell he was still quite handsome. Oh, no, they're all really good looking. And yeah, Edgar bee, Ramirez playing Venus. like the main snake man because then I looked him up and it's like oh shit he's really hot and then realized Mm. I'd seen him in a few things um what's he been in well the main thing which I haven't seen but he was uh Gianni Versace in the American crime story about the assassination of Gianni Versace that is such a good series that was a series that that kind of at stages makes you feel sick and you start like Mm. Yeah. But so, oh, you need to go and watch it. It's a yeah. really good series. Frank gets stabbed in the chest, which is like very bad. And he does get to do the badass move of pull the person like closer so that the sword pushes through work, uh, like the sword pushes through more deeply, mm. but so that you can get closer to the villain, which is like always a, a total badass move in these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. He manages to get his hands on the arrow at this point too, Frank, because the arrow, I think the bee guy at some point has managed to get the arrow from Lily. So at this point, Frank manages to get the arrow and does a spectacular throw of the arrow up to Lily again mm-hmm. as he's falling to his death. Yeah. One of the native guys manages to take out one of the conquistadors um, with the driver which yeah. was pretty great. And goes, driver. <laughs> and Trader Sam knows enough of what's going on that she, that when Lily's got the arrowhead, tells her just like run, get as far away from the river as possible. They yeah. won't, if you can get far enough away, they won't be able to follow you. Go. Yeah, they've got to stay close to the river. And she's looking after um, Jack Whitehall at this point. So next morning, Lily's kind of wandering around looking for, um, I think she's looking for McGregor because he's like twisted his ankle or something and she's looking for McGregor, but she stumbles across Frank who is still alive. Like he's done this massive hundreds and hundreds of metres fall Mm. and has been impaled um, basically. And he's still still alive. And he's still got the sword in him, but he's not dead. Yes. This is one of my favourite scenes. It's such a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> he pretty much comes clean straight away when she's just like 
why you're still alive. And Trader Sam's showed up. Um, McGregor's showed up at this point. There's a few other people milling around. And he just completely comes clean and goes, yeah, my name is actually Francisco and I'm 400 years old. <laughs> and at this point in the movie, you're like, what the fuck what? is he? What the fuck is happening? It okay. kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it did come out of nowhere. It was like, it came out anyway. I'm happy to go with it at this point because the action scenes are so much fun. But I'm like, what the what the fuck is happening? Okay, sure. Yeah, we get a great this. Yeah, no, this scene is funny. This scene is yeah, very it's a really funny. Good funny. You get lots of that rapid fire, snappy dialogue because he's still got the sword. Trader Sam claims that she's pulled too many weapons she's out of him. And she's not anymore. doing it again. <laughs> um, and so Lily's going to have to do it and she's she's shown herself to be a pretty tough cookie but she is squeamish about this and it's it's played for laughs. It's very funny. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's a really good scene. And we get the we get the flashback backstory of Francisco and how he came to be still alive, cursed and in yes. Brazil. Yes. And we get to see The Rock with big buffy hair and a beard in his flashback scenes. And I said this to you after I saw it. In these flashback scenes with the beard and the hair, he looks like Jason Manzukas, But, like, if Jason Manzukas was also the Hulk, like if yes. Jason Manzukas could Hulk out, that's what, that's what The Rock looks like in these flashbacks. Yeah, he does. I love like, Jason Manzukas. I love Jason Manzukas, And I'm going to say, making The Rock and Jason Manzukas like, crossed over makes the rock significantly hotter yeah <laughs> yeah like it's weird and i'm uncomfortable with it but embrace he, it kate don't be uncomfortable yeah. this is not the time for the long story about this guy who was catfishing his wife secretly by pretending to be jason manzukas oh my god i do know about that yes but how good was that story anyway the Frank, the rock, was the cartographer. All of these beautiful maps, he drew those maps. Yeah, and Lily, that's where he first uh, cut back to um, the start of the movie where she pulls out a map and he's like, how have you got that map? Mm. And he's really kind of like, how did you get that? And it all makes sense now because he drew that map. It's yep. his map. Um, Explains why he's got so many of them himself. It's like, well... Uh, I mean, he. Yeah, he, he knows them. the Amazon back to front. I called this part boring part. Is what I wrote. <laughs> boring part. Tell story of how he was in the team with the Spanish king and cursed them. Blah blah blah. But we also find out in this part that Frank was the one that because they chased him all over the Amazon. He kind of betrayed them. Um, well, he betrayed them by not being a genocidal dickhead. So really right. they all kind of betrayed him and he yes. decided not to be a terrible person. Exactly. And they end up chasing him all over the river and he got jack of it and then caught them in a cave. And that's why they've kind of like, they're not near the river. They've got no river mm. water near them in this cave. They're stuck there. And that's where they've been for over 300 years kind yep. of trapped. So, meanwhile, some of the, the bees from the Honeyman have gone off to um, kind of report back to the German prince about this, what's going on. This is my favourite part of the plot because the plot is, you know, like serviceable. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. No, that's also fair. 
And then the bee guy is like, I will tell the bees. And then the bees go to Jesse Plemons and like go up and down as like a nod and go side nod. to side <laughs> as like a headshake. And I'm like, I know. But he's I'm really glad that yes, I'm no just questions. committed to this at it's this so point. Great. It's so great. And it's I so love great. too how his henchmen are really like, so we're just taking instructions from the bees. He's like, yes. <laughs> Jack Whitehouse and Trader Sam are still together. Yeah, which he, is I don't understand what that happened because we've got Frank and Lily who have gone off on the boat for something, and then somehow Jack Whitehall's ended up in a canoe with Trader Sam. Like what? I I, I, I think I missed why that happened, but I've watched it three times now, and I still no. don't know why that's happened. You know why that happened? Because he needs to be captured by the Germans. It doesn't yeah, but make they sense. Do, okay. Yeah, but they it don't explain to us. I haven't missed no. anything, have I? Okay. You haven't missed anything. They don't explain it. It's a great it. scene, It doesn't though. make sense. Oh, it's a great <laughs> scene. I feel like I'm saying that every scene's like, it's my favourite scene. So they're canoeing along and he's singing a, a song being generally annoying. And then they're not really – they feel like they're canoeing, but they're actually just sitting on top of the submarine that – slowly comes up and Trader yep. Sam's like, oh, I've had enough. I'm, I'm out of here, guys. She just jumps <laughs> out of the canoe and just bails. It's like, oh, this is too much now. See you later. Um, and she's right. And he, yeah, he gets captured. And it's one of my favourite scenes because the prince is like, do you want a cup of tea? And they go in and then he asks him how he's enjoying the chungle. And it's one of those moments of like, the what? The, <laughs> the chungle. chungle. Use it in a sentence. Like it's just, it's one of those, so it's so stupid mm. and wrong, but it just, it just really made me giggle. Like mm-hmm. what, this is where we're at at this yep. point of the movie. Frank and Lily. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll speed through this end part for you guys. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> Frank and Lily um, get to their, their place. They, they have to kind of work out how to turn this kind of inlet that they're in to stone the rock dives down of course he finds a lever it's a very national treasure this section which is Mm. another movie that i love um of course lily has to go down there to do it because she's small and can get through the like the, the the things that the columns that she's got to get through to pull this lever down the rock is just too thick she's pet yeah she's petrified she can't swim he takes her down yada 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 she manages to get the lever pulled not without a few um things happening like the rock gets attacked by piranhas she passes out and nearly drowns all good in the end guys I must I must admit when I watched this the other day I did do a little bit of a a skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead because I, I knew what was happening. <laughs> and I did put in my notes that this sequence is a little slow and we get in and the Germans show up in their submarine and are like, we're coming with you and, oh, that's right, yeah. So they do the lever, all of the water level drops and they realise that they've yeah found the way in but then mm-hmm. the Germans show up right in the nick of time to be involved mm-hmm. and are like, you're going to show us. And the rock is like, you give me one pedal because he wants to break his own curse and just like finally die, I guess. Yeah. Or Though, become mortal and become be mortal to, to yeah. leave the river. Like he hasn't been able to leave the river in 400 years. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a bit of a part back when he's telling his origin story where it shows what he's done in that time. Like, I think he like built the town and yeah, everything. He built the whole like town. he's, 
yeah, it's all there because of him, basically. Mm. And he's tired and he's ready to sort of like let go. And he does talk about it as if as soon as the curse is broken, he'll die, which I guess he can't know for that sure that will or won't happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Jesse Plemons is like, I'll give you one pedal if you get me pedals. Guys, when the moon comes Just over. take all the pedals. They have to do another puzzle. It, this whole sequence of the puzzles was very much like the uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild game where you do some fighting and action and then you solve some cool puzzles. Like all of these puzzles felt very video gaming to me, mm. <laughs> which was fine. They're able to make the tree alive and bloom. Guys, mm-hmm. they're... Two things. There are so many flowers. And Prince, you have henchmen. They've got a why whole did, team. Why didn't you have them up the freaking tree? I know. Rush up there harvest. and collect all the... the and then it's like, yes. no, apparently the plan was to stand around like shags and a rock and then send Emily Blunt up there to get one freaking pedal. Like this was mm. bad planning. Yeah. But there is nothing that the prince has done that should make me think that he yeah. actually... Has any sense? So you know no, he's got no sense at all. Nah. So she goes up there, and she's she's of course the the tree starts dying as soon as she gets up there because the moon's moved and because the moon moves real fast, guys, really fast, super fast. Um, it looks magnificent, <laughs> but she's up there. She has to work. She gets the very last petal. Um, the tree like just dies. The cursed dudes come back and they're all fighting McGregor's punching people he manages to um get a stone block to fall on the prince in a in a very dramatic way my notes Jesse Plemons gets wizard of Oz he does it's he like a house like, falls on him it's completely squashed it was really all of the violence in this movie as for the Disney rating is is quite bloodless but that yes. one did seem kind of gnarly anyway. That was yes. a lot. It's, it's something that you don't expect. It's all no. just kind of like, bleh, like bleh, it's happened. Shizen. Frank's on the boat fighting the cursed guys, like his arch nemesis. They're all having a big fight. And he's got the pedal at this point and he's I don't understand why he didn't just eat it. Frank gives the pedal to McGregor at, at this point too and then he gets on the boat and he just kind of like, takes off on the boat and they're all like what's he doing and then they're like oh he's going to block the river so I don't really under like and like I've said I've watched this a few times I don't really understand what's happening at this point but it's entertaining so I don't really care (laughs) so he's Um, kind of yeah the plan is he's going to stop the water flow and he and all of the conquistadors will be trapped and so they'll all be calcified. Away from, okay, so they're yeah. away from the river. Okay. Yeah. So they'll be calcified, but they'll all be calcified together. And also he even, like, he, he makes Jack Whitehall get off the boat. And then, and he also, like, makes Proxima, like, protect him. And then he's, like, says goodbye to his cat. It's like, oh, no, the cat knows he's saying goodbye. Mm. Yeah, they all turn to stone. And then every, like, I guess all the Germans have just, died or disappeared at this point and we're they, just left with um Lily and McGregor again. Yeah, it's like they and their submarine evaporated. Yeah, we do we don't, don't need them happened. anymore. We don't need them anymore. Yep. Super tight script guys. McGregor gives Lily the pedal and is like, you know, he said that you'd be enough for him 
oh, romance because we've got a little budding backstory of you can see that they're they're falling in love. It feels a little bit like when you mash two Barbies together. They have friend chemistry. They don't have romantic chemistry. Like, I'm sorry, that, 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 but that. they don't. <laughs> yes. And every time there's the plot or the, mo- or the movie just tries to make them be like, oh, they almost kissed, I'm like, I don't feel like they don't like each other, but I don't think, no, they don't want to kiss, guys. Don't make them kiss. <laughs> So anyway, they go back and she shoves the pedal in his calcified stone mouth. And, and then they wait three whole seconds and go, <laughs> it didn't oh, it work. Hasn't I guess I better leave. But you know it's going to work because these the cat stays. Time. Well, these things take time. They literally wait like three seconds and go, oh, I guess he's dead forever. Do, 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 and walk off. And you know it's okay. like, he's not dead. Because the cat yeah, so they, they they walk like two hundred meters away, and then oh, so they they hear something, and they go Frank and rush back, and he's 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 there now. He's mortal. He's there. And he bursts out of the vines that entrapped him, and that's just because he's the rock, and he could burst out of those vines. Most yeah, plausible need, thing that happens need in a, the movie. A bursting out of vines moment. They have a pash. McGregor loves it. McGregor loves love. But then the, the tree starts to spring back to life. Because the moon goes over again. Guys, this is not <laughs> how the moon works. This is not how the rotation of the earth and the moon work. This we don't know. Right. We don't know. Like I said, I couldn't find that much facts about a crying moon. Maybe that's the whole point of a cry. It comes back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Who knows? Sure. Sure. I've come this far. Why, why wouldn't that be how the crying moon works? <laughs> why didn't the Germans do that research? They've all just like nicked off. Yeah. They, they could have been here. Oh, fools. Oh. And then we cut to London. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, they get yeah they get more petals. And then we cut to London and you can see McGregor's changed. He's speaking to the Royal Society of Old Racist Men but with more confidence and he's not even wearing a tie, which also – I think he's historically inaccurate. They would have made him wear a tie be in the rules. But again, the moon just moved back and forward in the sky and I'm worried <laughs> about whether or not he's allowed to speak to them in a tie. My priorities are wrong. <laughs> so McGregor is declining the offer of this Royal Society of Old Geezers on behalf of his sister and he tells them to shove their request up their association, which, you know, mm. was just rude enough mm-hmm. in a Disney movie for me to really enjoy. Uh, but you know what my favorite part of this scene is when I thought it was really really good when he's talking about we had this great adventure and we we saw cursed things and we saw magical dolphins and blah 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 and then we met this um this tribe and the chief was a woman and that's the most unbelievable part for yeah. all these men we're like oh woman they're like whoa oh, 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 oh. And, and Jack Whitehall, McGregor's just like, no, it worked very well, actually. <laughs> yeah. And then just, you know, like, giving you all the finger and he, you know, leaves. And all of the women are, like, cheering in the balcony where they have to sit because that's where the mm, women they, sit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is also set, like, in the peak of the women's suffrage movement yes. in the UK too. So, you know, yeah. it's nice to just get, like, a little hint of that vibe. And then we cut to outside. What, what the fuck is Dwayne wearing? 
What the fuck have they dressed him in? He's, He's in, in this London. like fuchsia suit. Oh, I never even noticed, Kate. Amy. Obviously just felt that he looked normal and great. <laughs> He's like the amount I was too busy. I was a little bit mesmerised that the, the Jaguar was in the car, to be honest. The Jaguar's I in the that's car. that's what I was looking at. Emily Blunt is in this beautiful trouser suit as well. They have just draped Dwayne The Rock Johnson in metres and metres of fuchsia fabric. It's He's got awesome. a matching hat. It's amazing. And he's going to have a driving lesson and, and Emily Blunt does a bad pun and that's how we know they're oh. in love, guys. <laughs> Puns. There's a joy. I reckon they use the same set for this as um, Cats. <laughs> Oh my god, it did look about as realistic. Yeah, yeah it, I reckon it was... it's the same set. Oh wow! Oh no! Oh wow! Anyway, the end. You know, Dwayne. This is like the worst place in London to be teaching him to drive. But whatever, guys. Like, they're not dead yet. Great. Will, movie. will there be a sequel? Who can say? I hope so. I hope so. It made a lot of money. It made well, a lot of money. So, yeah, probably. This movie is uh, – it's on my list of a yearly view. At le- Well, I've watched it three times in three weeks. But I'll, <laughs> this will be one that I watch every year. Like when I, you know, feel the need to watch an Indiana Jones movie, I'll probably watch this. I watched like Jurassic Parks and Jurassic Worlds yearly. So True. I'm sure that this will be added to that. Like, to the rotation of Amy's yeah. jungle action. Yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon. I need something yeah. to do. Like I'm going to watch this movie while my roast is cooking. That seems to be – that's my life vibe, guys. My life vibe is watching some kind of jungle action movie while there's a roast cooking at my house. How, you it's are. such an exciting life, everyone. I know you're all so, so jealous. You are living your best life. <laughs> so have I, I've actually kind of – We've pretty much talked about most of my fun facts. Um, I've got a couple more. So Dr. Albert Falls is the guy. He's mentioned at the start. He's the guy that's discovered the tears of the moon. And he's referenced on the Jungle Cruise as the guy that discovered the backside of water. So that's where they've tied that kind of name in. Yep. Um, Now – all I could find is that, that everyone seems to be very excited that Trader Sam is now female, but I don't oh. know much about Trader Sam to know why that's such a big deal. But Trader Sam's obviously some kind of classic character that must be that I don't He's really a know Disney about. Yeah, but it was a big but it was a big thing that it's they've made her female for the movie. Yeah, um, she was very cool, and I'm glad they did. She was. Um, it was a great performance. She was. She. I really enjoyed her. But I, yeah, I adored it, and I was a little bit hesitant to pick it because it is such a new movie, and it still is on. Like, pr- you need premiere access on Disney Plus to see it. So, so you have to buy it, but you also have to have a Disney subscription. So yes, kind of have to pay twice for it, which. I feel it's a little bit cheeky. <laughs> it is a little bit cheeky. But I also understand in pandemic times when you can't get to the – like you were lucky enough and saw it in the cinema. Yeah. But like we can't get to the cinema to see yeah. 
these things. A lot of yeah. a lot of people still can't. So I can understand that to make their revenue because Disney needs revenue, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's so hard, tough for them. That so I can understand. I can kind of understand. Like my kids yeah. at the moment really want to watch Space Jam, the new Space Jam movie. But it's going to cost us like 30 bucks on Apple mm. TV. And I'm a bit like, oh, just wait another couple months and we'll yeah. rent it for the $7. I'm not renting it for 30 bucks yeah. at the moment, guys. Like, But I also understand – I get it. Yeah. I understand I why it. that's happening at the moment. And I'm also kind of grateful that they're putting um, brand new releases even up for you to, to have the option – to choose to pay extra to see it, I guess, yeah. because yeah. yeah, that's not not an option a lot of the time. I was willing to pay, I can't remember exactly what, but I was willing to pay a cinema ticket price for mm. the movie I saw on uh, for Myth Play online, the mm. Frank Rocotzo documentary, because I want I wanted to see it and I wanted the filmmakers to be able to make some money for it and for the festival to make some money for it. So yeah. I think attitudes to streaming have had to shift further and I'm okay with if I really want to see a movie soon paying a bit like I I wasn't going to spend money extra money on Cruella but I do have Disney Plus and now that it's available I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to watch it pretty soon yeah, I do we know watched it the other day I'm going to I'm going to tighten my yeah. lips until you've seen it so we can So what do I have to watch next, Kate? It's up to you. Your choice. Well, at the, when we started, when we started um, recording, you hadn't picked something. So I'm interested to see where your thought pattern has gone in the last couple of hours. I have a few movies that are very high on my list at the moment. And after this choice, we'll be in Halloween season, guys. So mm-hmm. uh, the next couple of movies after the one I'm about to say will be our spooky, scary Halloween choices. Now, I've really been wanting to cover this movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but this is a, a long-time action favourite of mine. I'm going to watch Total Recall from 1990 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I haven't, but I do love an Arnie movie. I love this movie so much. It's w- it is buck wild. Awesome. So we're gonna watch Total Recall, not the Yay. remake. Once again, I've picked a movie that has is a there shitty a remake? remake. Oh shit! There's so a what, remake. What year? What year is oh, this? Oh, nineteen ninety. Accidentally watched the remake. Nineteen ninety. You you know it's got Arnie. You're not gonna be watching Colin Farrell and be thinking this is the you movie. You never know. You never know. Well, you can watch the Colin Farrell one, but we will not be talking about it. We will be watching the Arn. I'm going to make a jungle action movie list. If you have any suggestions for our jungle action list on Letterboxd, please, um, you can find me on Letterboxd. I'm there as Kate Watched What. You can hit us up on the contact page on our website, youwatchwhat.net. Find us on Instagram or TikTok. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear um, if there's any movies you'd like us to cover, if there's any errors that we need to correct, uh, definitely, definitely tell us your jungle picks or what genres that you've found and, and little sub-genres that you love to watch 
You could also email us at youwatchwhatpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you in a few weeks. Bye. Bye.